Welcome to the 7pm Cafe Podcast. Today our guest is Raisa Licea, an actress, comedian, podcaster, and writer. Born and raised in Miami, Florida from a Cuban family. You might have seen her in BuzzFeed pedal-like videos. She also has a Nike video called Daughter of an Immigrant. Check that out. She has done film, theater, and commercial. Before COVID hit, she was performing at the UCB and her Latinx team, Spanish Aquí Presents, the first and only Latinx UCB house team. She is also a host on the Earwolf Network, from Spanish Aki Presents with their podcast, which right now is over a hundred episodes. So check them out. Raisa won Outstanding Female Actor at the HBO Latino Official Latino Film Festival 2020. So go grab your coffee, your tea, your favorite drink, and listen. Welcome to the 7 p.m. Cafe Podcast. We are here in Los Angeles, California on Zoom with our guest, Raisa Licea. Welcome, Raisa. Hola. Thanks for having me. <laughs> She's an actress, a comedian, a podcaster, and a writer. Born and raised in Miami, Florida, Raisa has a BA in theater performance at Florida International University. She has done film, theater, commercials. You might have seen her. From BuzzFeed, pedal like. <laughs> we'll talk about that. Okay. <laughs> you also have a video about Nike, uh, the daughter of an immigrant, which I found very interesting. I want to talk about that too. Sure. Risa was the first bilingual Latina to put on a Harrow team, DiCaprio. That sounds interesting. I don't know anything about it. So you'll probably <laughs> <laughs> get into it for sure. A lot of people don't know what it is, but a lot of people are obsessed with it. <laughs> It's a whole niche market. <laughs> and before COVID, she was performing at the UCB with many of her improv teams and her Latinx team, Spanish Aquí Presents, the first and only Latinx USB house team. It was always a sellout. <laughs> She's also a host of the Earwolf Network alongside her teammate from STAP, Spanish Aquí Presents. Yeah. Raisa <laughs> won a standing female actor at HBO Latino Official Latino Film Festival in 2020. Welcome, Raisa, to the podcast. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I love you. You got you got all the bio down. <laughs> it's always so weird. I'm like, when like you have to like hear your I'm like, yeah, I did that. Oh yeah, I did that. <laughs> I know. I feel like people like, get used to talking about the latest stuff. Yeah. More interesting to know how you started. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, that's so true. That's that's a that's always a really good question because I feel like you're right. Like a lot of people just focus on like, well, what are you doing now? And it's like, well, mm -hmm. <laughs> so I think you are my first from Miami, Florida, from Ooh. a Cuban family. So tell me how was growing up in Florida. Um, Miami is very different from what I feel like they put on TV or movies. It's always very like stereotypical, like cha 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 and drugs and, and Cuban food. And sure, there's all of that. But I think like just like the cultura, like the like real Miami people, like that's like in Little Havana, that's in Little Haiti, that's in Overtown, Kendall. Like, but where I feel like we're the heart and soul of Miami. Miami, not the nightclubs, not the stuff that they show you and that stuff. So yeah, I grew up with a big Cuban family, six of us in total. I'm kind of like one of the middle child 
worlds of the six. And I mean, I just feel like growing up in a big Cuban family definitely like prepared me <laughs> slightly like for like Hollywood because it's one of those things like all, all like Latina families are different, right? But like there's something about like certain ones where it's like they're just gonna most Latinos that I talk to, they're like, oh yeah, like we would just roasted each other all the time. Like, yeah, like I'm not the funniest person in like in my family at all. And like, it's very like common when I talk to like comedians out here, they're like, oh yeah, I'm not the funniest one. It's my abuela or it's my tío or it's my dad or whatever that is. And I, I very much agree and find that to be true as well. Um, and they also, listen, they make you very uh, headstrong, I guess, or like tough, tough skin. Cause we come out here and we deal with so much rejection and it's nice sometimes, I guess, to be like, oh yeah, nah, I've been getting roasted by my, my tío all my life. So I'm good. It's fine. Okay, cool. Bring me another one, whatever. But yeah, I don't know. It's fun. I, I love my family. We're very close. We're on a bunch of family, different threads. Like, yeah, very loud and crazy. <laughs> so how do you got interested in the arts and went to university to study theater? Yeah. So I always wanted to be an actor. I didn't know I wanted to do comedy. I like to do funny stuff. I always loved comedy. I loved comedians, like watching those comedic actors and stuff like that. But I never like, I didn't know, like I could study that. I didn't even know I could study that in college until like I was actually in high school, I think, because I never really realized until like, you know, watching a movie or something be like, oh, like you can study dance. <laughs> like what? And things like that. Cause you know, we grew up, I grew up with like, you know, immigrant dad and stuff. And like, you feel like you have to be a doctor or a lawyer, one of those things. Um, so I went to study at FIU because my dad pretty much was like, you have to go to college. I was like, I don't want to go to uni. I don't want to go to uni. He's like, bueno, tú tienes que ir. A mí no me importa lo que tú estudias, pero tú tienes que ir. And I was like, I went, okay, fine. Then I'm going to study theater. And he was kind of like, fuck. Like, <laughs> he was like, shit, I just said that. Now I can't take it back, right? <laughs> so, I mean, I was like, well, I guess like if I'm going to fucking like be an actor and move to LA, I might as well study theater and just get a bachelor's in it. Not like anybody out here cares because honestly, you could have gone to Juilliard and that's great. It's going to help you at some point. And like, it might help you like certain different things nowadays, especially like, you know, like getting reps and things like that. But like when I went, came out here, like it was so different. No social media, none of that stuff. So I just feel like I just just went in order to please my father and then I was like okay bye <laughs> so that was honestly like my honest answer just like I literally just went to university because of my dad telling me I had to and it's fine I made really cool connections um that like I'm friends with some of the people out here now they're actors and they're killing it or some of them are like you know like me like we're just like still like out here hustling or whatever that is I think in the end like I am like like I'm happy that I went but I also think about it like damn I, should, I those four or five years I could have you know I could have been out here working or like trying to like you know work as an actor. Did you move right after you finished college? I worked for like a year. I think I worked for like two years. I stayed there for like two years. And then, and then that's when I like came out here. I wanted to save money. I needed, I needed to make sure I saved a certain amount that I had in my head in order to come out here because I saw so many other people like that maybe were old or whatever. And they came out and then they left and they came and then they came back. And it's like everybody, a lot of people have this mindset, especially like I think coming from Miami where we're like, oh yeah, like they don't have someone like, me like I'm gonna go out there and there I'm a book I'm a beef and it's like yeah they don't have a lot of us out here you're right but also like it's just not that easy like the first two years of being in Los Angeles you're like working and figuring out what the fuck am I doing here like I don't like who do, where do I take a class how do I get an agent where do people see me how do I make friends that do are doing what I'm doing and it's not weird you know and all of that you're just surviving so I think like that was the biggest thing for me like trying to like save up so that I could come here with a good amount and be like like, 
not like chilling off that money, but like immediately like a trabajar. Plus I have this money just in case, like anything. Did you find this challenging because you were coming as a Cuban and like it, they have the Latina perception, all Mexicans all look alike? Yeah, I mean, it's it's weird because like everything, like when I first came out, I mean, everything's changed since I first came out here as well. Like it's it has obviously like gotten way better, but there's still so much of the notion of like, you have to look like, you know, Yalitza for from Roma to be considered like a Mexican actress sometimes for some roles and or like you know they want now it's also like even it even goes to like the like super like oh they have to be authentic Chicana from like East LA Boyle Heights and it's like you're narrowing down from like a thousand girls that could audition to like 75 maybe you know what I mean because how many girls from East LA Boyle Heights like no por nada are able to pursue a career in acting because it's harder for us like Latinas to do that like our our parents mindsets are not they're not here for us doing this type of thing they want to secure financial stability for us that's what they want from us to do and like acting comedy right like that's that's like not something your parents unfortunately usually are like dreaming or wishing for you to do so I think like that's a really big thing that that it's it's it is a challenge out here I will say you know I, I as a Latina I go out for more Lat the most stuff I go out for is Latina roles one two um it's 90% Mexican roles and I've I've got the accent down like whatever that is you know um but I I just wish I want to like just go in for just like just Latina and like it is what it is and like if you guys like I understand like people want us to be authentic for certain things like but it's hard to like to hear that because like as a Cuban I see all the Cuban roles being played by Mexicans or a Puerto Rican or a Dominican or you know a Colombian and here's the thing like I don't I don't care but then I just want that same I want that same thing for me because a lot of times I will literally be told like the amount of times I've been told that I don't look Cuban and I don't look Mexican is so frustrating because like who's to say what that is you know what I mean like who decides what we look like because my little sister se parece una güerita and she's Cuban and she speaks fluent Spanish but out here she could never book a Latina role if she was an actress out here you know and and it's it is a struggle it is a different it is a different struggle just like the Afro Latinas have a whole other different struggle where they don't want to see them as Latina they just say they're black if they're dark skin Afro Latina or if they're like a super light skin or like a white passing because they I have friends that are literally not white passing but they're like Latina passing Afro Latinas they don't like look like I don't even know, I don't think that's even right like it's just like they don't look black to Hollywood to me I'm like yo sé que tú eres you know I know that you are that but Hollywood isn't isn't they don't fuck with that and it's so so hard for like us which I I, I feel like I have this conversation so much <laughs> and it's it's hard sometimes you want to get mad but then it's like you also are like okay well I'm just like lucky to have this audition like cool but I really wish that they would have more people in casting that understand that it's okay for uh you know uh, Ecuadorian to play a, a Mexican like they like because there's not how many Ecuadorian roles do we see I don't know any off the top of my head that's for damn sure you know so I, I really think like the monolith thing is like thrown in our face so much but it's real like it's like we're done with that but yeah <laughs> going back to your bio mm -hmm. talk to me about the Harold team DiCaprio yeah so at UCB Upright Citizens Brigade that's where I studied comedy it's like the biggest comedy theater in the world right and there's two big teams there there's sketch team sketches like SNL for if anybody listening like you know sketches like SNL 
SNL. It's written, it's rehearsed many times. It is characters. Everybody like knows their lines. You can also like have fun and improv within it if it feels right. Great. Improv, the sketch part is called Mod. That's a big team at UCB that you audition for. Then the other big team is called Herald. And that's what I got on a Herald team. So Herald is improv, but it's a form. The, the Herald form is a specific form that was taught by Del Close in Chicago. Then he brought it to New York and then they started UCB and then UCB New York came to LA. And so that's why we learn it here, right? So if you go to UCB and you take a class 101, 201, 301, 401, you're going to learn little by little, you're going to progress and learn a Herald by 401. You will know how to do an entire Herald with your class, right? It's about a 30 minute set, eight people on stage. And so to get on a team like that is a really big deal. I, when I first started doing improv, I remember at the beginning, everybody like, that's like a goal. I'm like, oh my God, I want to get a Herald team. Oh my God. Right. Watching improv for so long, be- like before I even was able to audition on a Herald team, it was just white straight men or white girls. They always had like that one black person or like that one Asian person, honestly, barely any Latinos until like I saw on a Herald team, Oscar, who's on my team, Oscar Montoya, I think was the first Latino that I saw on stage do a Herald. Right. And so I like took my class. It took me a little bit longer to do my classes because I'm not rich. And so I had to intern and get the credits. And so like, you know, and it's expensive. Those classes are $500 each, you know? And so I finally was able to audition after like, cause you have to be an advanced level, whatever. I took all those classes with my internship. I auditioned um, that year, only 12 people got on. So like probably like a couple thousand set, uh, audition and then like a couple hundred get a call back and then they pick people, whatever. And so I was the first like bilingual Latina. Cause there was another Latina as well on before. And I had a very good and very bad experience with it. It's hard when you're Latina and you have people that are coaching you or teach or whatever, and they're white and they don't understand your culture. So there was a lot of, a a lot of conflict sometimes like, oh, like, oh, nobody would say that, or nobody does that, or that's not real. And it's like, well, in my family, that's real. Like you do put the sopa in a Tupperware that looks like butter, you know, and a margarine butter, whatever thing, or like, you know, like any little thing that I would like throw or like say or something like, yeah, but like in Miami, they do that or whatever. And it goes, if I felt like a lot of times like it was a little uh not a little bit there was a lot of racism within like and not just me I know other people that also have felt that within you know being who they are when they're not white or straight and so it was a really crazy thing I didn't audition to get on a team I auditioned because it was the first fucking time that I was able to audition and I was like oh fuck it why not me to go audition oh I got a call back my little brother Rennie was in town I was like I don't want to I'm like well we're going to dinner should I just like not go back I'm like well it's fine you know what so I had him he came with me he waited outside I did my call back and then we dipped whatever. And it was like, and then I, when I got on, I was like, oh my God, what the fuck? Like, and so it was, it was really crazy. Cause it was my first time people auditioned like 10 times to get on this and they don't ever get on sometimes. So you do that for a year. And then after that year, they decide whether they want to keep you. If they want to keep your team, DiCaprio was my team. We were all new people. It was all our first time. The team got cut. They kept, I think only like three or four people on the team. If I don't, if I'm not mistaken. And there are a lot of, and like we all, and a bunch of us got cut. I was one of the people that cut, got cut it sucked I was very sad and depressed (laughs) but after a couple months I like got my shit together and that is how SAP became SAP (laughs) so yeah that's a little a little summary of like the Herald life before we get to SAP let's go to the Nike video because I love that video the daughter of an immigrant Mm -hmm. can you talk to me about filming that video and the idea of the video yeah so um my friend Leila Rosario she is one of my like very 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 close friends practically like a sister she lives in New York 
and we just like clicked in like immediately and she works in production and she's worked with some huge like commercials and things like that and so she was in LA and she was like I'm I need to do uh I need to do a Nike spec I need because I'm, I'm gonna meet with these people like this big agency and like they love me but I want to show them what I can do would you want to do this and I was like yeah fuck why not like that's great like for me and so like we pretty like she pretty much like she wrote a lot like of the stuff I improv a little bit of the VO towards the end um but we just did it in LA she was here one weekend just staying with me and um yeah like it was it was really exciting it's it's funny because I was like oh like this is cool like I could get some like fitness footage out of this great like I love I I like I work out a lot I I audition a lot for like fitness stuff and things like that and it was interesting to like go into it and then like when we were doing the voiceover like I even got like teary-eyed because I was like oh fuck like that hit me because it's like yeah like my dad is you know an immigrant from Cuba he can't go back to his country like he worked you know as a taxi driver to like help pay bills contractor construction like whatever you know eventually be you know got his master but like it's like he had to start all over in New York and Washington Heights because you know he had to leave Cuba and so like you know like thinking about that stuff like sometimes while you're like you're while you're like doing it you're like yeah whatever like oh this is my script but then like sometimes then you get on set and you're like or like you're reading it out loud and you're just like oh my god I'm this is real I'm really into it which felt good as an actor I guess but yeah it's it's it got a lot of really good love so I'm I'm happy that you liked it Talk to us about BuzzFeed. Like, I think everyone knows on Facebook right now who BuzzFeed is. But yeah. like, how fun was that? Oh, yeah. I've done a couple of videos with BuzzFeed. Um, you know, we SAP is really good friends with, you know, all the pero like people, you know, from La Jefa, Alexis, who's actually not she's like now got a bigger promotion. So she's not even just BuzzFeed. She's like a, a bigger I'm, I'm not exactly sure what her exact role is, but I know she has like, you know, a different role now, which is amazing. She's so uh, Alexis Tirado. She's badass. She's such a hip. Um, and like Curly, Maya, Jenny Lorenzo used to be there, who I'm very good friends with, but like, you know, Gadiel, Julissa. Claudia I'm like I don't want to miss somebody Yvonne now now there's another girl Caro I'm like they're all like they're like they're always supporting us where they you know they'll get Tony to do something they'll ask Oscar or Carlos or me and like so you know we did like a I did a tasty video me and Tony were in the same one and then I think and I've done I did another one like they do like branded commercials and stuff and they're always looking for comedians so like they would hit me up a lot but yeah that was, I've done a couple of videos it's always fun I'm like they always come up with funny stuff and it's like it's it's always great to like get to do that and like they're the, they put you on you know this platform that like you might not have that many followers or whatever that is and like they put you on this thing and it's so nice to like be seen by hundreds and thousands of people and hopefully you know it's something that maybe somebody sees you <laughs> and hits you up to do another thing talk to us about how Spanish aquí presents started everything that happens before COVID and how COVID affected you guys okay show. yeah so um so like I was saying before with the Herald I got cut previous to getting cut I had sent an email to the artistic director kind of like pitching the show me Oscar Tony uh Carlitos I like I hit them all up we were doing improv with another team Improvisos Peligrosos and we ended up just like realizing a lot of the times it was just us four or some or us three or us two or two or whatever and like we had such good chemistry and I was like why don't we just do our own sh like there's no Latine show like legit show like a mate like not just improv like a bunch of stuff like let's help let's help, help our community like our mission statement has always been to like put our people on stage like there's so many shows full of white people why is there not one one and a half one hour and a half or one slot or whatever the fuck like dedicated to like POC teams like barely like there was like barely like three black team shows there was barely like three Asia and it's like and there was nothing for Latinos so we pitched the show we never hear back then like two months later I get cut I mean I didn't give I very I I'm like it sucks I was a little anxious but not as anxious probably as other people because like I was just like whatever it is what it is so like if I 
I get cut, I get cut. Like it's going to suck. And it did. I got cut and I was sad and I was depressed and I couldn't eat and whatever that is, you know, like all of that stuff. But I like after like, <laughs> I feel like after like two months of being a sad girl, I got my shit together. I sent, I always say a nasty bitchy, but professional as fuck and classy letter via email to uh, the AD again, pretty much being like, yo, like we submitted this. I never heard back. What the fuck? Like, can I at least know why? Nothing. Like she responds and she's like, oh, well, it was because you guys didn't give us a name for the show. And I was like, I put forward. You could call the show, you know, <laughs> for all I care. You, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter. Like, what the, what, what the fuck matters of the name? You need to tell me about the show idea. If you don't like the show idea, great. Like, come back to me. Like, if you're like an actual like ally, as many of these white comedians say they are mm -hmm. if she was the, if she was a real ally she would have replied hey well this is a good idea why don't we meet up and like let's make this a big thing but she didn't do that I had to go and have a meeting with her and literally be like why did we not get this like I want to know why they had no answer other than the name therefore we got a slot I they tried to like give us like this shitty ass day and I was like no 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 no. we're not doing the holidays we are doing after the holidays give me a January date like at least a week or two after New Year's Eve that is no great I like had to like demand my shit we got the show the show sold out like crazy like it's like it was just like wild somebody fainted the first show I mean we had people <laughs> packed, packed on the stairs on the floor it was like I like literally like just like get goosebumps like thinking about that day because it was just like so it felt so powerful like I felt like oh fuck like okay my I'm I guess there is a need for this considering Los Angeles is what like <laughs> we're like 48% Latina people here and it's not just Mexican it's like all of it sure like majority is Mexican but like I'm mucho Latino por aquí and how the fuck are we not being represented in everything and everything so we did our show I, I honestly had no idea how I was gonna have celebrity guests stuff I had never really done that as much like myself as Raisa I have only done it a couple times like for random one-off shows and so yeah we we just after that we got a run they did uh UCB did like to fuck with us and be like oh like every three months they would let us know if we like we're gonna have a show and it was like what do you mean you're gonna let us know like we keep selling out like what do you need to let us know what you should do is say hey here's six months you guys are locked in for these Fridays yeah no but like every like we had to like email like hey like can and like I don't I shouldn't have to ask you like I need a plan like I need to book a guest I need to know a month ahead sometimes because these people are actors or singers and they have shows and 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 you know like possibilities that might happen and I don't want to interrupt that so we got our show we is just it's it was great and then after the first year they we got asked to pitch for the podcast so that was cool so then we did that but like in regards to the live show after the pandemic effect wise we just haven't had a show because we can't we performed about a month ago our first show coming back we it wasn't ours it was somebody else's they asked us to be on it and that was fun it was weird because we hadn't done it in a very long time <laughs> but it was good we had a fun set you know it's definitely I'm I was in my head I was like I sucked I sucked I sucked but it's hard not to think that when you haven't been on stage in two, a year and a half so yeah, that like show wise, I was a little wild and me, Tony and Oscar were the last three people to perform on the UCB sunset stage because it got shut down. We had a show that night. I think it was like 10th or 11th. I don't know. I have it written down. And the next morning they, that's it. They sent the email that it was shut down and they never opened it again. And then they lost UCB sunset. We were literally the last three people to perform <laughs> on that stage, like RIP because it it's gone. So that was interesting too. That was weird. <laughs> And from people that don't know, you guys have really great guests. Like you have from Vita, the yeah. show Vita from One yeah. Day at a Time. Yeah. And yeah. Really cool guests on your shows that you got yeah. to improvise with too, right? 
Yeah, yeah. We had um, Melissa Barrera, Michelle from Vida, um, but we had the whole cast there, but we did do improv with them. We had, like you said, like Isabella uh, Gomez and Marcel Ruiz from One Day at a Time. Marcel played with us. I don't think, I don't think Isabella played with us. You know, we've had Luis Guzman did improv with us. That was wild. Uh, we've had so many really cool guests. I can't even like think about it because it's been so long, like between that and the podcast, we've had so many amazing guests, like be a part of SAP. <laughs> and it's like, it's, it's very cool. I, and, and it really, put us on like a really cool different like platform and level you know where like it's nice to be recognized or like you know I'm not on a tv show and like for someone to see me at a party or an event or an audition and be like be like oh my god you're right from SAP like it's nice like I'm not like oh my god I'm so cool but it's like it feels good like because you I put in so much work like we all do but like I, I I like I work so hard like to make it a nice professional show and podcast and get the guests that I think people would like and people that we love and support and and so it's nice to get that feedback and, and from people in real life or a DM or whatever after the show look I say it's nice <laughs> for people look out for the podcast they have more than a hundred episodes so mm -hmm. you have plenty to listen and very interesting guests yes yes we have a lot of different different guests that we had the past two years yeah most of them I would say there would be Latinos. Yeah. Um, yeah 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 we so like for the show the live show you have to be you have to be Latina to be on stage like that was like my rule and everybody thinks I'm like crazy but I'm like I'm like because we did bits with other people or their friends and I was like no but like they're white they have to do it from the stage or from this from their seat and it was so <laughs> funny like I had to say that to like a celebrity and she started laughing she was like she's like no, no, no I don't want to be on I, I get it and I was like oh I love you like she's a great she's, she's awesome but she was like no that's I don't want to and I, I love that and like that was like a little like bit that I would just say but like it kind of just stuck and I was like well I guess like I really mean it like yeah like this is our one hour and a half and then for the podcast I really did want to open it up to other people because I do think there are a lot of really cool comedians and actors and you know people doing really like great work out there and they're not like they are allies like like Rachel Bloom is one I think like our third guest or fourth or something on the episode and like honestly like she she like in her show her show is so diverse and like you know she has a gay guy playing a straight guy a straight guy playing a gay guy she has like a Filipino as her love interest like she has like a Latina as like you know the, the antagonist you know like it's just like it was so diverse and like I was like yeah let's have her on why not have her on like she's already doing amazing stuff and putting people out there so that was really cool Pav Tompkins he was such a fun guest he's such a cool great guy like these are all good people as long as like you are a good person and doing like cool work like we're down to have you on the podcast but we do obviously uh, not preference but like we do have a lot more Latina talent because that's you know that's our people and we want to we want to spotlight them as much as possible something else that i found really interesting and very good from your live shows is you guys also support the latinx restaurants because mm -hmm. the one that i went they had the tripleta threat oh yes 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 mm -hmm. i was just there at their restaurant they triple threat truck yeah they opened the restaurant rumba kitchen um in uh little tokyo i just went there on tuesday for friends podcast live recording but um Um, yeah, we so the the live show, like when we started thinking about how we wanted to do it, I was like, well, I like like when I think like a like a Latino party, I'm just like, it's a party. Like, I'm not 
Like, it's not just like, I don't want people to just be like, oh, we're going to come here and watch. Like, there's a bunch of other places where you can go and watch people do stand up and improv. And that's it. No, like we had a band on stage. We've had DJ. We always have either a DJ or a band, one or the other. The band is harder. They got busy. So like at the end tours, we had to just start doing DJs because it was like, it was just too hard to get, you know, all these people, instruments, y todo eso. but so like we did that. Then, you know, we have music playing while the people are coming in. The DJ's on stage. We we have different type of performers. It's not just improv. It's not just stand-up. We've had characters doing just themselves. We've had people doing storytelling. We've had people do mime. We've had people do puppetry. We've had people do... Uh, we've had a lot of singers. Like, we had, like, big singers like Jarina De Marco, like Jamie Osorio. Twin Shadow was, like, I mean, a dream to have on. Like, such a huge deal. And, you know, like, we, we very much, like, wanted to, like, have all types of art. Like, as long as you're Latina and you're creating and like you have something we had vi- we had a we've had video like the person didn't even speak or anything we just played her video great whatever you know so like I think that's a really big thing and then so like at the end or the beginning of the show like in the beginning we've had like El Cochinito they, they've given out cafecitos plan our first show he was there um Danny Navarro shout out to him it's my favorite Cuban restaurant in, in LA it's in Silver Lake El Cochinito and they also have a cafe tropical it's a, like a, more of like a like coffee like pot but they have like little like you know bocaditos and stuff like that pastelitos um and yeah, and triple threat. We always we we always want to have food outside because you're gonna be hungry when you get out of a show. <laughs> like it's inevitable. So like we're gonna eat and then we'll go and party and drink. But like you're gonna be hungry. <laughs> so yeah, and like I love that because so many of my friends that are not Latinx or Latino, or whatever, like whatever term anyone wants to use, I've used all of them on the podcast. They like now go and support these other places. Like they're mm-hmm. always like, oh my god, yeah, like I went to the Cuban place because I tried, you know, your thing, and I was like, oh, I love that. Like that makes me really happy because these are all very like mom and pop you know spots and they really really what's this called they really need all that support especially even more now during the pandemic yes talk to us about winning the outstanding female actor at the hbo latino official latino festival 2020 yes i did an episode for a web series called my friend frida and christina is frida and there was uh, you know tony was in it too another girl maya like so we're in it and um it's just such a funny little like web series so good and didn't know they submitted it to the hbo latino official latino film festival and then i saw that i got i got nominated for best comedic mm-hmm. actress which was cool because I was like I really didn't I don't know I, I I didn't really expect anything like for me you know and in the middle of the pandemic I was just like at my boyfriend's house the day of the show and they're like oh can you guys be on zoom just like if you win which is like kind of awkward because like I was like I can't <laughs> I have to, I'm like I'm like want to have to like wait and what about if I don't win like that sucks and I was like and then I almost forgot and Tony was like hey like where are you they're asking where you are and I was like oh my god I forgot because I was like <laughs> drinking I think I was drinking with my boyfriend and the family and then I was like well mira I'm, a, I'm like I'm a little high I'm a little I'm like a little tipsy but I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the bed yo mira I, just chilling in my boyfriend's bed like winning an award that was weird I'm like it would have been so cool to do it in person but you know I still was I was still so gracious and like happy that it happened but um yeah I'm like that was cool there was a lot of really good like talented like uh, people nominated in both and in, in, in all the categories so it was very nice to be like recognized <laughs> what was the biggest challenge or lessons of the 2020 for you for your career I mean one just not being able to perform performing live is like improv I always say it's like it's like a drug like I'm addicted like to just being on that stage like it feels so good like getting getting laughter like doing something and people laughing is like that's what gets me high <laughs> like the most <laughs> like I like you feel so so good like so so good and especially because that's like that is what I do I do comedy like it's it's not easy comedy is 
is so much harder than other type of acting <laughs> because it's just a whole different thing. Like, you know, and um, that was that, that really, that sucked. I very much missed that, that and playing basketball. Like that's not part of my career, but those were like my like two biggest like out things to do that really like sucked. I, I think too, like, you know, just being able to audition in person that sucks to have done. I mean, it's just like, and I love a self tape. You get more time. I can do it over and over again, but like, I'm the kind of person I love. I love walking into a room and just like giving my energy mm-hmm. all like, just like letting it all out there. And I wasn't able to do that this year. And still, I mean, you know, it's September in 2021. I'm like 2021. Yeah. 2021. And like, <laughs> we're going to be in this for a while. I don't know when I'll be able to go in real life for an audition. I, I, I know more people are trying to do that. Thank God. Like, like we're vaxxed and like, I love that Hollywood is like making it mandatory. I think almost everywhere. Like, I don't know what other places are doing it, but like, I know Netflix, everybody has to be, if you're not vaxxed, that's then I don't know. Like, it's like, then don't try to book a Netflix show or movie because like, you need to be vaxxed. Like that's where our world is going to. And you know, it sucks. Like I'm, I'm so over all the anti-vaxxers because like, they're just, they're keeping me from doing my art. All of that. Like, I know there's so much more important things that people need to be doing. And I know there's way bigger reasons for people to be vaccinated, like literally like dying. But like for me, like a little selfish part of me is like, fuck, like I can't really do what I want to do until like the world is like letting us. And I, I don't get to, I can't, I can't change that. And I could do my own stuff by myself or I could do my own stuff with people, but like, it's just, it's different. Walking into an audition in real life is so, so much more. I mean, and a lot of, it's funny because a lot of my friends are like, no, nah, I'm good. I don't like that. I booked way more this year. And I'm like, cool. But then like, it's like, I'd love to have both options <laughs> mm-hmm. you know <laughs> but yeah so I feel like that was a big thing and and also like when we do the show I get to invite industry I get to ha- if I had a meeting with somebody or I had a big audition with someone I can invite them to my show and I could be like okay like maybe I don't know maybe I wasn't that good in the audition but like come come see me live like I fucking promise I will make you laugh like you will see that I am talented on stage and it's hard to show that I can't send you an improv video because it's not funny when you watch improv on YouTube it's just not it's it's not fun like so yeah I think those are the biggest things how you are adjusting and where you see your career going right now the improv not going you you think you still have to wait until next year I'm literally in the works of trying to figure out the show you know to do it and all of that I I mean I think we're just gonna we're gonna start doing shows we don't have a theater anymore for example so like UCB Sunset that was where we used to do our shows that place was closed they said due to financial reasons who the hell knows because there was a lot of sketchiness and suspect stuff happening apparently um I don't know the details but that's what Twitter and everybody was talking about when it happened. Um, it sucks. It's a beautiful, it was a beautiful stage. I loved it. It was so, it was, it was a good stage for our show. People really enjoyed going there. And so, you know, we're going to be looking at different locations and trying to like different spots to do shows. And we, I, I think like audition wise, like, again, like I'm very happy to do as many self, as anything that comes in, I am happy. Like I'm not, I'm not on a TV show. I'm not on, you know, like I want to just like show my space to a lot of these casting directors. And, you know, some, like I said, sometimes it's, it's easier for them to just be like "Mm," after the first like whatever and just next and it's like but when I'm in that room I might start off a little whatever but then like I might kill it towards like the middle and then they're like okay do it again you know like I don't get the chance for them to tell me do it again they're they can have callbacks and they can have like zoom sessions but it's just it's not the same so I do see it continuously continuing to be like this I think a lot of like casting directors are happy with how it's going in the beginning it was weird it was hard where everybody was like what the fuck are we gonna do what is 
Zoos. I mean, Zoom, Google Meet, Blue G. There's so many different apps now, like for these auditions. But I definitely think that I think that like going forward, it's going to be still more virtual. And then also, I'm okay with certain things being virtual. If you're going to call me in for a commercial audition to just say one line, let me self tape that. Because what is the point of me getting in my car, driving to Santa Monica for an hour and then driving another hour and a half back in the middle of traffic hour to say one line? Before we were all doing this. And now a lot of us are like, I coño, like we were driving to fucking sit there and, and then get drive. It's like we were spending four hours of our day to go and be like, try a Twix bar. Twix is my fave. Crunch. You know, like, dude, I could do that shit on my phone and send it to you. It's just, I don't understand. Like, you know what you, you know what type <laughs> of girl or guy you're looking for. Then, you know, just like, let's just do that. But if it's a real legit thing that you need us to interact, oh my God, beautiful. Great. I'll drive over there. Wonderful. But yeah, I definitely think that that's gonna, that's, that's how it's gonna be still for a little bit. So hopefully one day you guys bring the show to New York. Oh, I would love to. I would love to. Trust me. I'm like, that is something I've, I won't say anything else, but I'm like, I'm definitely trying to make that happen. Okay. So let's yes. manifest it. Yes, 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 yes. I would love to, of course. Yeah. There's a lot of people in New York that have asked us to do that, but definitely I'm like, I don't, I'm like, I'm like, we can't afford it. So if someone wants to fly us out, put us up, like we'll form. Fuck. Yeah. That's, that's uh, the amazing thing about improv. Like, all we got to do is just get, we don't got to plan nothing. I don't got to pack nothing, just an outfit. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, everything we pretty much, we plug everything like on our, like on our Instagram at Spanish Hockey Presents on, on Instagram. Like we always post anything like um, we might have something else coming up soon. Like, you know, things like we're like still like in the like works of like talking of certain things. And like, I'm sure like we'll have shows coming up even of other people like asking us to go and like, you know, perform like to guests on. And like, we will have our shows coming up. So you want to share your Instagram? Yes. You can follow me on Instagram and on Twitter at Raiza Licea. And that's R-A-I-Z-A-L-I-C-E-A. So if you want to follow us on Instagram, this at the 7 p.m. Cafe Podcast. Thank you so much, Raisa, for your time. Yes. Thank you for having me. I know this. We've been trying to do this forever. <laughs> I know. The pandemic made it happen. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Dale. 